Hi, you're listening to Your Best with my nanny, Kathy Weckworth. Hi, this is Kathy Weckworth, Executive Director of Best Life Ministries, and you're listening to Your Best, a motivational, inspirational 30 minutes that will help you want to be your best. Merry Christmas, Grandma. Hey, Merry Christmas, Grandson Noah. Little buddy, thanks so much. Well, friends, today's topic is what Christmas means to me. I remember when I first moved out here to the farm some 11 years ago. It seems like I've never really lived anyplace else. But when I got here, well, things were very different for me. You see, I was a Twin Cities girl where the hustle and bustle of Christmas was a mad rush to get to the stores for the biggest sales, to race from one event to the next, and to try to create the perfect Christmas. When I arrived out at the farm, Dean's house, well, it was just a little bit tricky because we had been married for a very few months, and I couldn't get a job out here, and he couldn't get a job in the city. So we stayed where we were. We came and just saw each other on weekends, and he came to my house, I came to his house. But I remember that first Christmas. Wow, it was so interesting to me. Here I was at this bachelor's house, now married, and I said, hey, let's bring out the Christmas decorations. And he said, and I want to quote Farmer Dean, huh? That's what he said. What decorations? I smiled and I told him, well, here's the deal. Let's go to the car. We're headed to Wilmer. We drove the 30 miles to the nearest Goodwill, and I purchased a few little things here and there to trim the poor Charlie Brown Christmas tree that we had. I found a couple of knickknacks, and I tried to make the home look more homey. I remember when Dean left for work that next morning at the post office, I set out to make it feel like a home at Christmas time. What do you suppose that that looked like? I wonder what it looks like for you at your house when things feel homey and Christmassy. Once I worked on things, I did a little bit of, you know, magical decorating, and I set out to bake a batch of Christmas sugar cookies decorated with frosting and colored sprinkles. I put the carpenter's Christmas music in, and I worked on a really great supper. You know, when you're a farmer, you've got to have something great like meat and potatoes. So I remember it was meatloaf and baked potatoes and all kinds of veggies. And when Farmer Dean walked in from the post office, he was so excited He looked around and said, wow, it looks like Christmas. That's my whole thought process today. What is it that makes you feel like Christmas? What makes you look at something and say, ah, it feels like Christmas? Because what's Christmas to you might be similar to me or it could be completely different. Maybe you have your own family traditions or maybe you're alone now. Maybe your spouse has passed away or you're divorced or maybe you're older Maybe you're younger, you're just starting out and you're at college. What does your Christmas look like? Well, today I want to walk you through some of the fun things that remind me of Christmas, some of the things that resonate through my soul that I've brought down from year after year as a tradition. This year is starting to morph and look a little bit different. Some of my traditions and deep loves remain the same as they did as a child, and some have changed and are even changing right now. For me, the season always begins with reading the prophecies set out for us in Scripture. Now, that might sound scary to you. You're thinking, huh? Well, it just means the Old Testament. 
Isaiah and Micah were both prophetic speakers. They were prophets. And so I like to read what they say about the coming of the Messiah. Here's from Isaiah 9, 6, and 7. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end at the increase of his government or of his peace. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. And Micah 5 2 says, But as for you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you one will go forth from me to be ruler in Israel. His goings forth are from long ago, from the days of eternity. And here's Isaiah 11, 1 and 2. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. I like to relish in the goodness of the Bible telling us about the Christ child and his arrival to planet Earth. Saving us from our sins was his sole purpose, and he certainly fulfilled that, didn't he? Well, once I've soaked my brain in the fact that it's that time of year when we prepare for the celebration, I like to get my favorite music out. So I'm just going to have you listen with me to one of my all-time favorites by a group called Barlow Girl, their sisters, and it's called Carol of the Bells, and it kind of weaves right into Sing We Now of Christmas. So let's just take a minute, tune into this, and start thinking about what looks like Christmas to you. Hark how the bells, sweet silver bells, all seem to say, throw cares away. Christmas is here, bringing good cheer to young and old, meek and the poor. Ding, dong, ding, dong. Ding, dong, ding, dong, that is their song, with joyful ring, all caroling. One seems to hear words of good cheer from everywhere, filling the air. Oh, how they pound, raising the sound, oh, in the down, telling the tale, gaily they ring, while people sing songs of good cheer. Christmas is here, day, 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 Christmas, day, 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 day,
Christmas traditions for me include watching It's a Wonderful Life, which, by the way, if you're here in southwest Minnesota in the area, it is showing on Sunday, December 18th, on the big screen in St. Cloud. How incredible is that? I told my husband the only thing that I want for Christmas this year is to be able to go and see Jimmy Stewart on a huge screen. I planned to be there with my popcorn. It's a lifelong dream for me, and I also watch every single year with my grandchildren, Jonah, Noah, and Cordelia, the little drummer boy. Did you ever see that one? I love the Jules Bass and Arthur Rankin Jr. version with the stop-motion puppets from the mid-60s. You know, I loved it so much that one, I remember specifically, one Sunday morning, I faked being sick to stay home from Sunday school just so I could stay in bed and watch the little drummer boy. Don't tell my mother. When I was a little girl each year, my mom would purchase some Christmas ornament for us to add to our collection. Growing up in the 70s, that included Holly Hobby and Betsy Clark ornaments. Whenever Grandpa Neil would come down from Aiken, Minnesota, he'd have stopped at his old farmhouse and cut down a small tree from the grove. Uncle Roger would moan and groan as he had to figure out how to get his three girls, Aunt Laurel and his lovely parents, in the station wagon with all the luggage, gifts, and a tree tied to the top of the roof, all the while driving the nine hours to get to our house in Iowa. My mother would allow my sister and I a a tree to set up all by ourselves. It would be the one that Grandpa brought down, and we would put tiny little red lights on it and a whole bunch of Norwegian ornaments. That Christmas tree would set in our room. My sister was seven years older than me, and she was incredibly bossy, but she was an original Food Network chef before there was such a thing. She made peanut brittle, she made fudge, caramels, and she and Mom always made so many kinds of cookies but I loved the popcorn balls that were wrapped in a clear saran wrap and tied with ribbons green and red. We would put those right on the hearth of the fireplace. Growing up a Baptist, we never seemed to have a Christmas Eve service. I can't quite figure that out, but we didn't. So I always created one at home. I think I was probably seven or eight when I first started doing that. Isn't it weird how as little children we can see the traits and tendencies of our personality? Because look, I grew up and for 25 years I planned services for church. So I started at about age seven or eight. My sister would hand paint with watercolors a program for each of my parents. And I'd play the piano, she'd read poetry, and my brother David would read the Christmas story. There's nothing in my heart and mind so familiar and so blessed 
as the beautiful story itself. Let's take a moment and listen right now as I share with you where the angel Gabriel comes to Mary, Jesus' mother, to announce what will happen. And this is taken right from Luke 1. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Now, can you imagine what this was like? Here's Mary, a young girl about 15, a virgin, and an angel appears to her. He starts by telling her she's highly favored by God. Wow. I wonder what her personality was like to be highly favored. Scripture tells us in Luke 1, through Mary's song, I think it's called Mary's Magnificat, which means to magnify. Whatever's really important in our lives is what we focus on and, and magnify. For example, if you and I met, we'd be able to know within a few moments what was important to each other. Maybe it's your family or your job or your home or your church, or maybe it's God. But whatever it is, that's what we magnify in our lives. And with Mary, she magnified God. And in that passage, you can read about her song. Mary quotes scripture from 1 Samuel, from Habakkuk, from Genesis, from Micah, from Zephaniah, and Psalms. Mary knows her Bible. She knows her heritage. And the story unfolds, Mary is chosen to be the mother of the Savior. Here is the fabulous scripture. Now, as I read it, remember where you first heard it. Is it in your tradition? Do you read it every year? Do you hear it at church? Do you listen to it? Is there someone who reads it, perhaps a recording that you have? Was it in a school play when you were little? Was it in a Sunday school performance, a piano recital, or maybe your own home? For me, I heard the story that I first remember when I was in a Sunday school performance. I was five years old, and I lived in Iowa. I was an angel, and I remember my mom put together the costume. It was a white bedsheet and a makeshift halo made out of gold tinsel. Sit back and listen as I read the Christmas story. The birth of Jesus. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David, 
He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. I love that story. I've heard it so many times working for Churchland. It never gets old to me. The Christmas story, sugar cookies, gingerbread men, popcorn balls, a small Christmas tree with special ornaments, and TV specials all made up some of my favorite memories. Here are some thoughts about Christmas from our staffer at Best Life Ministries, Pastor Bev Maudlin from Harbor Church in Shakopee, Minnesota. I love the special warm feelings of Christmas. I love Christmas. I love the decorations and the feeling of anticipation and the rush of love that people show to those we hold dear to us. I love that for one day each year, people are pretty much kind to each other. I love the carols and the songs that play in the stores as people shop for food and gifts. There's so much to love about this time of year. We make our list and check it twice, giving gifts to those grandkids who are naughty and nice. We clean our homes, we decorate, bake, send cards, listen to the joyful music of Christmas, and attend the plethora of Christmas programs. Our to-do lists keep us busy and our goals before us. We want everything just so. We want the beauty of Christmas illuminating throughout our lives and our homes. But what about the beauty in the lives and the homes of others? You know, each week at church, we light the Advent candles of hope and peace and love and joy. But not everyone feels the hope and peace and love and joy of Christmas. There are so many who are filled with sadness and loneliness and hurt and pain during the holiday season. All the while, there is a twinkle in our eye as we watch our little ones tell the story of baby Jesus 
We are so focused on our feelings of Christmas, on the great story of the birth of Jesus, that we so often overlook the other powerful verses in Scripture and what they mean to us during Christmas time. You know, like the ones, love each other as I have loved you. Do good and share with God's people who are in need. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Maybe this Christmas, add to your to-do list to take some Christmas goodies to some shut-ins. Reach out to the family who is missing one at their table due to deployment. Send a note or a gift to their loved one. Put some money in the Salvation Army bucket or buy a gift for Toys for Tots. Adopt a family. Bring them decorations and food and gifts. If you know someone who is divorced and they are lonely, invite them to church. Better yet, invite them into your home. You see a homeless person in need? Bring them a coat and some food, maybe a blanket or two. Because whatever you do to the least of these, Jesus said, you do for me. It is true that each and every day Christians are called to let our light shine before all people so they will see and know that we glorify God. But because Christmas is a beautiful holy moment, because we love Jesus, let's do Christmas in a Jesus-style way. Let's bring that warm, special feeling of Christmas to others so all people will feel and know the hope peace, love, and joy of the Christ child. Thanks for those encouraging thoughts, Pastor Bev. Another tradition from me that meant so much at Christmas was an old magazine that my mother placed each year on the coffee table. She had about three or four of them. They were called Ideal Magazines. They were special editions for Christmas. They were like a book and a magazine put together. I loved them. They had stories and pictures and scriptures and poetry. Well, here's a lovely poem from my mother's copy back from the 1960s, read by my fabulous friend, Rose. While My Heart Listens by Mary C. Adams. My eyes delight in every dear familiar touch of Christmas in the house, the pine, the silver bells, and all the rest. But let them not rejoice in these too much, lest they miss seeing angels as their chorus swells in adoration of the child whose house was bare, except that love beyond all other loves was there. Let me not fret at baubles lacking for the tree, at cookies to be baked and bundles left untied, nor mind the cluttered rooms, but sweep my spirit free of any pettiness, so he may come inside. Let me forget all small and unimportant things while my heart listens for the sound of angel wings. Thanks, Rose, for sharing those beautiful words. It takes me right back to Clorinda, Iowa, to my fabulous corner living room. You know, Mom and Dad had it built, and it had windows that were huge on the south side and windows that were huge on the west side, so that when you opened those, wow, did you ever get that Iowa sunshine? And we'd have a, a, a great big fir Christmas tree in the corner, with those big bulbs that Daddy would put on. Um, I wish they made those the same way because, wow, Farmer Dean and I just got a little package of lights. I went with Clear this year, 
And they were kind of similar with those bulbs. And I don't know, they clinked together and crashed. There were two of them broken. I thought, wow, they just don't make things like they used to. But it reminded me of being back in the living room with those ideal books. So great to hear that poem. Friends, something that I've done to create a Christmas tradition since I've been 10 years old is to head down to a nursing home. Uh, We had a nursing home, Westridge, right behind my house as I grew up, and my mother worked there for a while as a baker. And so she would volunteer my piano services. I would head right down there, carry my book. And I remember when I first started, I could barely play Away in a Manger. But I've continued that tradition so much so that last week when I was at home in Iowa, I went right down and played for about an hour for the grandmas and grandpas. Now, the neatest thing about playing Christmas music or hymns for people that perhaps have dementia or Alzheimer is that they can't remember, you know, what happened yesterday, but they remember what happened years ago. And so they will remember the words to Christmas carols or to old hymns. And so I loved being able to look at people and have them sing along and know that, you know, this was something that connected to their traditions. It was a great thing. But I stretch myself. I like to go out to different places where I haven't been and play and sing and help bring Christmas to various people in their own world. So I want you to be challenged as well. Think about what you can do. Who can you bake cookies for? Who can you see? Who can you visit? What can you do? Be thinking about it. And now let's just give a listen to one of my favorite songs, and it's Amy Grant. She's going to be singing Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Your heart be light From now on Our troubles Will be out of sight Have yourself A merry little Christmas Make the yuletide gay From now on our troubles will be miles away Once again as in olden days Happy golden days of yore Faithful friends who are dear to us Will be near to us once more Through the years we all will be together If the fates allow Hang a shining star upon the highest bough
Friends, when contemplating what will make up your Christmas traditions and what will become so valuable as you remember the birth of our Savior, just think about others who are around you, those who have tender souls that need to be reminded of the Savior's love. Don't make it all about you. Include a tradition of serving others. I just want to thank you today for taking time to listen to this show, to listen to my podcast. I'm so appreciative and grateful for each and every person who has me as part of their tradition. Let me pray with you today. Dear Jesus, in the busyness of this season, please help us to keep our hearts and minds focused on you and what you have done for us. Today I pray that you will be in the quietness of the storm that's whirling through our lives, that you will settle our souls, that you will help us to find contentment in simple things, and that we will remain steadfast in placing you in the center of all we say and think, and do. Help us to remember the true, real meaning of Christmas. In Jesus' name, amen. Here's my two-and-a-half-year-old granddaughter Cordelia to wish us all a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas to each one of you, from my family to yours. Friends, if you enjoy this podcast, subscribe to it on iTunes, and please give us a favorable review so that other people can listen to the show and enjoy it as well. For more encouragement and hope, log on to our website at bestlifeministries.com. And for more information about me, you can log on to kathyweckworth.com. Hey, thanks for being with us today. And until next time, I encourage you to go out and be your best.